personal business to know more about you also, things that you might not want any of your friends to know, especially your new Facebook friends who are not really friends. They're kind of Facebook friends. You just don't want all your business out there, Gil. Um, I don't know the reason for it. Uh, they're saying it's for advertisers to be able to serve you better, but you know, I, I should be able to pick my own companies that, that, that want to advertise me. Maybe if they have something where we select we we select our advertisers that we would like to advertise with instead of them selecting them for us. They could have done something like that, you know, but it's not right. So it's just not right about, about integrating no, our channels. Yeah. Well, you know, and then the, the other thing, you know, moving on, talking about social networks, Jay, now we're, you know, um, the LinkedIn uh, founder, Reed Hoffman, recently did a talk on TED.com, and for you, those, who don't know about this, but it's TED.com, which is a wonderful resource for different talks and conversations. It's really interesting. He's talking about how social networks make you the entrepreneur of your own life. And some of the things he's saying, you know, is, and just so you know, we this is from Mashable, so you can find us on Mashable.com to, to our audiences who are not aware. Is that, you know, he's talking about we are the entrepreneurs of our life, especially with technology. And you know, to some degree, he said that it was once said that we could only, you know, there's, a, there's something called a, uh, a discussion of Dunbar's number, which is an idea that we can actually only maintain 50, 150 connections at one time. He's stating that that could be true in your mind, but it's much less relevant, you know, by the way of technology. You know, and he, and he talks about that old adage, you are the company you keep using the term network identity to describe the connections that one has. And, you know, he's also saying that the brand is not just what you broadcast about yourself, but what others say about you. So that's really important so that when we're establishing our brand about ourselves, whether it's in music, whether it's in technology, or any of these things, we need to be careful, again, our privacy, what we're putting out there. You know what I mean? It, it's truly, it's just, it, it's just interesting. And we often think that LinkedIn is not a big thing. And one of the things he was sharing is that um, on LinkedIn he has about 2,600 people that he's connected with, but they're, it, they're, it's like almost 15 million within degrees of him that he has access to. So that goes to show us that, you know, whatever we're saying is traveling, you know, by the speed of light on LinkedIn and all these other social networks. And to think if, you know, someone wants to really search you out, they can find you. Any thoughts right. on, on that, Jay? Yeah, I mean, I, I was also understand he was saying that uh, the brand of you is not just you broadcasting about yourself, but it's what others say about you. So basically, um, I, I think it's safe to say now privacy is a thing of the past. Would you say, Gil? Uh, yeah, privacy is a thing of the past, but if you're strong enough to know what to put on, on your, you know, on your out there about yourself, you know, we also have the opportunity to streamline what information we put out there. You can either be an open book, which is great, but you also have to guard, you know, guard your privacy if you're married or if you have children or, you know, there's certain personal things you don't want out there. We have to make sure to guide those privacy areas too because once people know about us, they also, like they say, know about the company we keep. Right. You know? You know, and it, now, this is an area for you, Jay. We're moving on to Justin Bieber, okay? This guy is, like, out of this world. He is, I mean, he's, yesterday, guys, was Justin Bieber's birthday. 
And this guy is, I mean, he's cool. First of all, he's cool. And he actually can sing, so that, that helps. And he's a cutie pie. But the thing is that he is, he's, he's going crazy. He's, he's surpassing, I think, Lady Gaga. He's got, he's like social media world record for his 18th birthday. World Guinness record, uh, the Guinness World Book of Records, come on. Like, this is just crazy. I mean, he, he's reaching adult years when he turns 18 on March 1st, and the fans will try to break the Guinness World Records, mark the most social media messages sent in a 24-hour period. Okay? I mean, this is crazy. This is Bieber fever. I mean, Jane, what do you think? I mean, what has this guy got that, you know, maybe me and you don't have? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, one thing he has is he has the most viewed video on YouTube of all time with that 692 million views. So um, he demands a following. He demands people are really into him. Uh, He says heartthrob, all the girls. He's like a one-man Beatles (laughs) group. You know what I'm saying? So basically, he has the phone. He has the phone. You know what? Okay, I have an idea, Jay. Why don't I just, you know, you know, maybe you and I could put ourselves in a Justin Bieber video. You know what I mean? And then people will just know who we are. What do you think? That would be wonderful. They would definitely know who we are. I mean, he's, he's an industry by himself. Seven million comments, one million likes. Two million, two million dislikes. I mean, a million people is a lot of people. That's that's your industry by yourself. He's like a music business, a walking music business. We need to do a Justin video. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. We should, we could even do a parody of it. I mean, this is hilarious. It really it's hilarious and it's amazing too, because it goes to show that his people are doing something right. His mother is doing something right. You know. Um, He's handling his business. So this is great. Well, you know, it's 3.10 p.m., folks, and we want to bring on our first guest, Kristen Hurst. Oh, she's amazing. And she is uh, based, has been based in London and Liverpool and New York and, and just in Georgia and different states around here. And she has a unique understanding of the European and U.S. markets and understanding about how music, tech, and other industries work and just even culturally how they work. So we're going to bring on Kristen Hurst right now from the the England Development Agency. Welcome, Kristen. How are you? I'm fine. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can 100% hear you. And, Jay, welcome to Kristen Hurst, amazing woman. How are you today? I'm doing fine. I I just came up from Atlanta and um, and in, in New York now and happy to be here. So thank you for the invitation. Oh, no problem. You know, Kristen, we'd love to. Can we get right into the the uh, conversation with you? Okay. Well, we'd love for you to share with us uh, share with us what you do at Liverpool City as the England Development Agency. Okay. So, um, yeah, my my company, myself and my partner, who's based in in Boston. Uh, we run the uh, England Development Agency, and essentially what we do is represent the business interests of a number of um, entities and cities, uh, specifically in England. Um, she and I had worked together uh, in our previous life doing a lot in, in trade and economic development, um, representing various um, areas of the U.K., 
And we formed our business last year, and we're working, as I said, with a number of cities. Um, one of the more interesting uh, cities and, and clients that we have is the city of Liverpool, who has extensive links with both Georgia and New York, in particularly in the um, technology and the music uh, community. So that's pretty exciting. They've got a lot of things going on um, that, that perhaps it might be of interest to talk about, focusing on, on music and also uh, entrepreneurship. Hi, Kristen. This is Jay. How are you doing? Hi, Jay. I'm doing great. How are you doing? My question to you is, speaking of music, I, want, I wanted to know how does Liverpool City help music artists? Could you give us a little bit more detail? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we're trying to do, ultimately the um, the agenda centers around wealth creation. And, it, and it's being able to, I mean, essentially when I say I'm representing the business interests, we're trying to identify opportunities to put companies in Liverpool in touch with companies here in New York and, and in Georgia and elsewhere. Um, what Liverpool's trying to do, they've got a, a long history of entrepreneurship, and, and they know that the, the, the revitalization of, of their city is going to come from uh, the entrepreneurs. There's a large student population there. They're very creative, um, and Liverpool's trying to build on that. And they, they have a, an extremely strong history in the music industry. I think you guys had mentioned the Beatles just a few minutes ago, and that's kind of put Liverpool on the, the map as far as, uh, branding, um, but then you've got other bands like Echo and the Bunnymen that, that most Americans have, have heard of. Um, Liverpool, they, they want to ensure that um, culture and arts um, have a significant role in the regeneration of the city. So the city council, has uh, they had sort of spun off uh, a, a company called Liverpool Sound City, and what they do is, is put together... Um, festivals and, uh, you know, music conference, and they're trying to help um, spur entrepreneurship. They're trying to, to uh, serve as a platform for bands and artists and entrepreneurs in and around the music industry uh, to showcase themselves. Um, so their their signature event is called Liverpool Sound City, and it takes place in May. Um, they've got 23 countries represented, 35,000 people over three days, 360 artists. And that model, it's essentially a conference during the day, and then at night they take over everything from abandoned churches to parking lots to venues, um, large and small. The model has been taken to Norway, to United Arab Emirates, and on March 11th it's coming to New York City. And that's going to be a boutique one-day event. Um, during, during the day, uh, the conference is at the Hudson Hotel, and that's going to be about business, about music, and then at night, it's a, it's a concert featuring European bands and, and some New York bands. And then from that, you know, they're going to be heading off to, to the South by Southwest. But, um, you know, culture and the arts uh, and entrepreneurship, what the city's trying to do is bundle all that together and give people the tools that they need to be successful. Wow. Well, you know, one of the things I'd love to know about, you know, since Liverpool City is being held here in New York, you know, Jay asked about the music artists. I'd like to know where you have tech companies there that will also 
know that are also supporting music artists in the industry as well, too. Can you give us a little background on that for what you're doing here in New York next week? Yeah, uh, I mean, the event, they've got um, a, a number of panel discussions, but it, 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 they're trying to separate themselves by, by not being, you know, the type of industry event where, um, you know, you're talked at for for the entire day. There's, there's a, a little bit of keynote discussion, but they want people, you know, in small groups at tables conducting businesses. So um, one of the panels is a hip-hop state of mind, talking about the current state of hip-hop. Um, you know, is New York still the epicenter uh, for hip-hop or sort of the uh, marginalized artists getting a fair crack? Um, there's other participants, Mark Jones from the Wall of Sound, Patrick Moxie from, from um, uh, Ultra Music. So each each roundtable will have a moderator, um, some from Europe, some from from the U.S. And there's a lot of issues relating to you know the forward thinkers um, in the music and, and technology. There is going to be a theme around the transatlantic environment and the global environment. So you know when we bring businesses together, we want them to build um, creative relationships, businesses relationships, as well as we want them to inspire and, and educate. Um, but there's a lot of issue, you know, practical issues now when you talk about streaming, music, Internet radio, all the things that are turning the traditional music industry on its head, there's licensing issues. Those are very separate. You know, the rules in Germany are different to the ones in France or different to the ones in the U.K. and, and the U.S. and globally. Um, so there's a lot of turmoil in the industry. Um, so those technology companies who are involved in music streaming or involved in, you know, music app development and, and, and social gaming and those platforms and how to, how to monetize all these technologies, um, that's kind of what they're addressing. You know, we, we want technology companies from England and, and New York to sit in the same room and, and sort of Talk about what works, what doesn't work, what kind of solutions we can we can um, come up with. Wow, um, I like to ask you what are you, what are your thoughts on tech? Are there any are there a lot of pros or are you for the technology? Are there any cons? Are you against it or do you love it? So what's your thoughts on technology involved in what you're doing? Yeah, and, and also adding to that, adding to that, um, Kristen. I, we'd want, both love to know what are your thoughts on tech and music going forth, you know, the pros and cons of both. Yeah. Well, it's, inter it's interesting with a lot of the companies uh, that I talk to. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm fairly new to, uh, to the music industry, although not the, uh, the, the technology industry. Um, and from a cultural perspective and someone uh, – my age, I'll say, it, it amazes me that in the social networks, people will pay real money to buy fake money for games. <laughs> um, it just stuns me that, that, that those kind of things take place. But when you when you look at the changing of the the music industry, I mean, I've got I've got small kids, and they don't know anything other than. Oh, I hear that music, that song on the radio. I want it now on my um, my MP3 player. Whereas, you know, in our world, you had to listen to the whole cassette or the whole 8-track or the whole, well, not the whole CD, um, to get to the song that you liked. And it's so immediate. 
which has just changed the whole world. I can now listen to music from any country in the world and have it and have it streamed through my very small phone. Um, and what that does, you have a, a whole huge audience now, and you have a whole huge number of musicians now that never thought that they would have a, any sort of chance at reaching an audience unless they were, you know, playing in their town or whatever. They can now play online in front of their computer and have and have kind of a virtual concert through some of these uh, these, these companies that have been created recently. So. Um, I think that's the great thing is is the world is is so much bigger um, and so much smaller in some ways. But I think the problem is that nothing in the industry has been figured out with the whole issue around licensing and how to monetize, um, you know, the technologies and and also help some of these artists. I mean, how are they going to develop their careers, um, you know, and support themselves if if we can't figure out a way to allow people to, to download their music or, or what have you. So, um, you know, that's one of the things that, that really strikes me is, is um, the, the, the issues around licensing. Uh, the technology itself is, is there, and it's amazing that, it, that it, you know, a kid in any continent can, can listen to any type of music that they want to. Wow. Well, you know, one of the things I'd love to know um, from you, Kristen, and I think Jay would love to know, you know, you said you have small kids, you know, and part of what our show is also about is youth, okay? As, you know, as a parent, what do you and your family allow your children to listen to? Do you have, do you have certain stop gaps, you know, or parental controls in place that they can only listen to certain types of music? Or because you're entering the industry, do you allow them to listen to all kinds of music? Well, it's funny because they're—I mean—they're young enough now, so they're—they're they're, uh, eight and and almost eleven. So they were not in the teenage years where they can figure it all out themselves. So right now they're sort of um, dependent on me to to provide the music for them, if you will, and which is primarily you know iTunes and then moving moving that onto their MP3 players. But they're the ones who indicate what it is they like. So. They'll hear things on TV. They'll hear things from friends, and they'll hear things uh, on the radio. Um, you know, I try <laughs> try to expose them to the things that I like, and they're pretty appalled by that, and because um, <laughs> it's so dated. And uh, so I, you know, I think that's all coming um, as they get older. So right now, uh, I'm I'm in control of it, and and I think, you know. To answer that question, it's more, um, you know, when you look at not just music but content and, and how do you regulate that. So, uh, you know, one of the policies that, that we will have is, you know, whether it's music or content or text or Facebook, um, you know, is that sort of my house, my rules, they would be susceptible to a spot check. You know, don't send anything or listen to anything that you wouldn't want me to see or me to hear. Uh, I don't, I don't, you know, whether, whether we're able to control that situation when, when kids get into the teenage years, um, I don't know. But, uh, but, that, but that's kind of the thinking now is to, to control it as much as possible. The whole big bad world is, you know, it comes down on these kids um, a lot more quickly than it used to. And, um 
you know, if we can sort of maintain some sort of control over that, um, then we will. But the technology is there. It's just a matter of giving them giving them the choice to, um, you know, listen, but listen to appropriate. Wow, wow. That's a, that's really that's really amazing. You know, I, it's you know Jay has a, a daughter himself, and you know, just uh, curious to know, you know, as parents, like really, how do you? It's a, really, I, I guess this question is to my co-host and you, Kristen. How do you? You know, I know you shared that part, but have you ever found either one of you found your children listening to music that just you know, wait a minute, hold it, I don't want you guys listening to that at such a young age. <laughs> Uh, I don't know about Jay, but I mean, I have when I'm driving along, and and it's you know it's actually the older music. Um, I say it's, it's it was something either a country song because I'll kind of listen to everything, and um, it was either a country song or um, or it might have been I think it was Bad Company was on the radio, and that song feeling like feel like making love, and I just thought I am really not in a position where I want to. I, I don't want to have to explain this right now to my uh, to my seven year old. I switched that radio so quickly. So you know, it's it's, it's coming, but I just wasn't in a position right then to want to get into it while I'm driving down the highway. <laughs> I'm sure they. I'm sure they would have asked. What about you, Jay? Do you have that sometimes, Julina? I, I have a funny story. Um, What's funny is it was a it was a song coming on the radio this morning while I was taking her to school, and I'm trying to figure out if she's bobbing her head. I'm like, how did you? Where did you hear this song at? You know, I don't know if you if you ever experienced that, Chris. And like, how did you get to hear the song? So I, sh- I immediately shut it off. I said that it was a rap song. I was saying some things that I didn't like, and I turned it off. But she knew the song, so it's very hard to uh, monitor a lot of this this music with this new technology because you know. I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, how did she hear this song? The song wasn't that good, and the words weren't really cool. And I turned it off. So where did she hear it at, you know? She doesn't have an iPod at school. So I guess the kids at school, they have the network going, and they know these songs anyway. You know, it's it's hard to protect. Yeah, and, and, and I think, you know, as with all parents, all you can do is just kind of, you know it's coming and, and just – explain things as best you can to them. And, and at a certain point, they have to make their own decision as to, you know, whether it's appropriate or not. And most of the time, you know, they'll, they'll listen to the words and they might it might not register, but they'll just kind of, they're not really interested in, in the words themselves. They just kind of like it because it's got a good beat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. But, you know, you'll be surprised too, Kristen. A lot of times... They are actually listening to the the words, and they'll come and tell you what they are, and you're like, oh my god, no, you know? Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. Um, I'll just say one thing. My my nieces, they're 11, 12, and 14, and you know, my brother and his wife, they're they're open, but they're strict too. They're you know, these are A students. They let them listen to what they do, but school is first. And my brother hears her go, dude, wait a minute, just hold on. And my brother's like, you know, wait a minute, I'm your father, not your dude. And she's like, all the kids at school that listen to it, and I heard it in the, in the music. One of the rappers is talking to his mother like that. So my brother says, well, that's in the music. That's not in real real life here in this home. So we were just, yeah. you know, laughing. It, you just never know. 
But, uh, Kristen, would you really tell our audience where they can find out more about Liverpool City and, and the England Development Agency so they'll know where to find you? Yeah, um, if, if they go on to um, It's Liverpool, um, it's a fantastic website. It's just uh, itsliverpool.com. Um, it's Liverpool, and that covers all sorts of, you know, the, the, the world of Liverpool. So, you know, I've mentioned um, the New York Sound City event that, that's taking place here on um, March 11th. Um, but one of the other really great things going on that just kind of, uh, exemplifies their commitment to entrepreneurship is uh, the Kaufman Foundation, which is a, a think tank. It's based in Kansas City, and one of their main offices is, is in Washington, but they're global. Um, every year, they, uh, for the past five years, they've put together a global entrepreneurship congress. And this is people from all over the world who are thought leaders in the area of entrepreneurship and, and what that means to economic development and to students and to economies, how to regenerate economies. Um, they've hosted their annual event um, in the U.S., uh, I think in the Far East, and this is the first time that it's been held in Europe and, and Liverpool won the right to host it. So we're really excited about that. That's um the week of March 12th, and Richard Branson is going to be speaking there, the former CEO of Tesco uh, is going to be there. So some really true um, sort of name brand entrepreneurs. And so that event, uh, it's, it's really going to help put Liverpool on the map and showcase the city as, as uh, a, a city that, that cares for its entrepreneurs, um, is trying to spur that development and support um, uh, Industries across a wide spectrum, but in, in particular, you know, the digital and creative and music. So there's a number of um, what they call fringe events, and one is focused on women's entrepreneurship, one's fo focused on kind of gaming and, and software and technology-oriented. Um, so that that's going to be really, really interesting, and, and people from all over the world are, are coming into Liverpool, and they'll be able to see and experience, you know, what type of culture and variety uh, the, the city there they, that they have to offer. There's a number of terrific museums focused around um, heritage and the arts. Um, and so the, between the Sound City events and the, the uh, Global Entrepreneurship Congress, there's a lot going on in the city that they're really, really proud of. It all focuses well, on that. Sounds, that sounds really, sounds really, really great. Can you tell people where they can find uh, the Liverpool City in New York? And um, and just thank you for being on as well. Oh, I really appreciate it. Yep. So New York Sound City, it's uh, that that's actually the uh, the website. Just go to um, NewYorkSoundCity.com. And the the conference itself is at the Hudson Hotel, and then the concert is at Webster Hall. And the headliner of the concert is a is a band called The Laws. They were famous for a song called There She Goes Again, uh, okay. and a couple of European ones, Dutch Uncles and um, Paula and Carol. And um, some good panel discussions, like I said, a hip-hop state of mind, um, the state of the technology industry, and some great music, and we really hope people can uh, can go to the website, and if it's something that they're interested, we'd love to see you there. Okay, well, thank you so much, and you have a wonderful day, and we look forward to talking with you again sometime. That sounds great, thank guys. You. Thanks very much, y'all. Bye-bye.
And now, folks, we're going to bring on a real this, this guy. I mean, I just met him recently, and his name is artist. He's a music artist. He's a multimedia artist, and his name is Reef Royale, and that's R I E F, and then Royale R A W Y A L of RoyalMusic.com. He spells that R A W Y A L Music.com. He is an amazing guy. Oh my goodness! Wait till you hear him. So, without further ado, we're going to bring on Reef Rael. Hello, Reef. How are you? Hey, how you doing? You can hear me? Yes, we can hear you. You're on live with Jay Logan and myself. Jay Logan, how are you doing? Hey, how you doing, Reef? It's wonderful to join our show today. Thanks for having me. So, Reef, we're going to get right into the, the interview here, if you don't mind. And um, I don't mind. <laughs> so you know, you tell us to tell us a little bit about yourself and your music for a bit. Of course, um, uh, multimedia artist. When I say that, meaning I started as an illustrator. Um, and if you know anything about art, you know music is hand in hand, it's thunder and lightning. So it was easy for me to uh, shift over into uh, the kindred spirit of music. Uh, my great uncle is uh, legendary jazz drummer Papa Joe Jones, um, the Renaissance drummer. Uh, got signed to Job Records late '90s. Right now, um, working on my solo project. I work with everybody from KRS-One, Shaka Khan, Full Force, DMX, Locks, Twist, Dame Grease. Pretty much everybody who's making moves and um. Pretty much now I'm just investing that same same energy into my own self and my own career. Amazing. Absolutely absolutely amazing. You know, one of the things uh, we'd love to know about you is, um, you know, a lot of artists have a message that they want to send out to their fans, okay? Right. And I know in going over, you know, having conversation with you and going over some of the things that you have, you know, opinions about that you feel that, young people and people at large should know that almost like an Occupy Wall Street movement you've got going on yourself, you've got the reef movement <laughs> going on. So, you know, we, we want to know, what are the messages that you're trying to send out to your fans? Well, the the main message is um, to be the best person that you could be, bottom line. Um, and that 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 is uh, something that a lot of people kind of get lost on. They don't understand the importance of uh, just, just being happy with yourself doing the best that you can, and it kind of, it would domino effect into everything else. So as a musician, as an artist, uh, what, my, what my responsibility is to do is to uh, sponge my environment and give it back and simplify it uh, to help kind of lead the way in which way is right and which way is, you know, which way you shouldn't go, you know, or which way is, you know, to, to, to later, level out what's right or wrong. So for me, my message to anybody who listens to me, uh, as far as musically or, or artistically, I would say uh, when you look at my work, it's to inspire you to be the best you and, um, and, and, and know that you can work through anything. Nothing is, anything that happens is perfect, you know, happens for a reason. And don't feel, don't ever feel uh, down or like you can't do it or can't make it because trust me, we made it a long way. We got a, 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 a bright future and uh, everybody's a part of it. And if I can make it, you can make it. 
Wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, Reef, I have a question. When when you make it when when you make a music in the studio, how do you come up with your your music when you're in the studio? And are you in a home studio or are you in a major studio? And the other thing I want to ask is, do you self produce or do you use a range of producers? Well, uh, when you a musician, like I, I don't consider myself a rapper or a hip hop artist, even though I am that. I can, you know, I do carry that title, but I'm a musician. So as a musician, there's no excuse to get in making music. So whether it's at home or uh, uh, the big time decked out studio or whatever the case is, when you got when you got that feeling of making something great, you just want to get it done. So for me, that forced me to learn how to self produce. You know, that forced me to get creative because when I when I was reaching out to producers that I that I respected, they couldn't um you know, and they and they time wasn't available, that made me find a way for myself. So that was making my own little roots and figuring out SPs and MP two thousands or whatever. So what I do is um at this point I work with anybody who's working. Like if there's a producer who I feel is just as good or better at what they do um, as far as uh, they might be a great keyboardist or whatever the case is, I just like to work with whoever's working, so I don't limit myself to, uh, to you know, to to uh, you know what's uh, I, I like to I like to I like to bring in a lot of good energy just to to get better results. If that answers the question, I <laughs> that, does, that does. You answered it really good. Great. Oh, okay. <laughs> well. <laughs> and, and you know, one of the things I would love to know too is. You know, when you're making your music, you know, would you say that the message in your music and the lyrical content speaks to the brand you are as a person? Uh, one more time. You said uh, say that again? I said, would you say that the message in your music and the lyrical content speaks to the brand you are as a person? Yes. Uh, pretty much my brand, Royale, is the brand. Uh, and that brand is... is uh, is of the worst quality that you want to find, but it's still the best quality. Period. You know, so what I what I deliver through my music and through my art is is that raw quality. Like somebody would say, "Hey, that could have been done on, or that could have been EQ'd, or whatever the case is," but it's still nothing better than it. You know, um, so the, lyrically, what I deliver is um, that same that same energy that somebody else might want to convey, but they might not know how to word it. So. What I do, and what I do as far as um, I, I, I know, as a 360-degree person, everybody has different sides to them. So I, I deliver that message of relationships, how to figure it out, whether you've been through something or going through something or just enjoying a moment. Um, as far as uh, war, as far as uh, uh, as far as entertainment, party, and so forth and so on, and as far as um, uh, everything that deals that a social that a that a conscious person uh, wants has to deal with when they wake up to when they go to sleep. Well, let's get a little bit into your legacy. Let's just get a little bit. Let's get a little, let's get a little bit into your legacy. Part of your legacy, youth. Okay. What is your message? What is your message for them? And their education. Well. I, I, I'm going to say, honestly, it started, for, for me, you know, um, it was my mission was that that uh, that I want to prove that I'm a part of American history. You know, that was my personal goal was to be my name, you say my name with Frederick Douglass or Marcus Garvey or, uh, uh, or uh, 
Sam Cooke and Marvin Gaye. Like I wanted my na- I wanted my name. That's this initially what made me work a little smarter and push a little harder, you know. So for my legacy is making sure that any person who sees who who's dealing with hard times that we all deal with, um, especially nowadays, that they seen this guy, this young this young young guy from the ghettos of I mean Hall on the, the you know lower the lower poverty line just lift himself up and still was able to get his artwork done, get his music done with no excuses, no hesitation, and still was able to stand up and remain a man and remain uh, and keep his message untainted uh, by uh, you know by by silliness that goes on or whatever so, you know. So my message always is going to be keep yourself true to who you are and still be the best person that you could be. So musically, artistically, as a person, politics, whatever it is, that's the bottom line for me to get across and, uh, and, and, and to prevent people from making excuses of getting things done. Like that's one thing that I'm not good at. I'm not good at dealing with people for a long period of time that just make excuses because it's like it's stagnant, you know, and, and um, you know, we, as a progressive people, we always want to just keep going. So I'm not saying people, you know, everybody's going to always be on the same page, but for me, I'll see you next time around. I, I, you know, trust me, we'll, you know, we'll, 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 uh, we'll make it there together, but I, I just still got things to do. So I like to, um, I like to have my legacy be that uh, he, uh, he, he, he was one of the best and he did his best all the time. No excuses. You know, one of the things I would love to ask you is, you know, education, okay? So I know right. you, you know, we talked and you have children. You know, right. do you think, you know, as a music artist out there, you know what it's like, you know what the grind is, you know what it is technology-wise, entrepreneurship, whatever you want to call it. Right. Would you advise your son or your daughter right. or your niece or nephew to go and get their education? Well, you're saying, just, just so I can say if I hear you clearly, you're saying uh, would I advise them to go get their education first? Is what you're saying? Yes. Would you, you know, a lot, you know that in today's world we all need our education, okay? Right. Especially our youth coming up. Are you a proponent of the education for youth? Do you feel that uh, youth or your, would you tell your children to go and get their education? But if they want I to mean, get into this business? You know what, generically that's the answer to say yes. Uh, but learning, I, I, I learned so much. I, I'm open and I sponge every day to new information. And, and, and um, what I've come to find out that when um, we push the education on, um, really, I'm going to just highlight people of color, all right? Uh, what happens is um, they, they embrace this education thinking that that's the end-all, be-all, and they wind up in a world of confusion because they don't understand that that education is not really for them to succeed. So my thing is I'm not going to say don't embrace that information, but my thing is to make sure that you still continue on beyond the generic United States education. So for, for anybody who gets in this business or any other business, you know, it's really important to know what you're dealing with um, the good, you know, the good and the bad, or you know, the, the however you want to word it, but it, it, it's really important to us uh, to, to, to embrace all knowledge and all information so you can know what you're getting into and how to how to rise above any chaos, how to rise above and bring order to anything that might want to bring chaos to you. So 
Um, uh, but I wouldn't limit people uh, to uh, a college education or, or any public school or, or random education at that because you learn more from life than you would do from any any <laughs> any program that you would you know get from school. So uh, and you know especially uh, I would just say turn off the TV, turn off the computer sometimes, and really just live, and that's how you learn more. Interesting. Interesting. Jay, do you have any other questions for our illustrious guest here? Yes, I want to know, um, what do you think artists are making mistakes in their music career? And do you think, uh, uh, techno- do you think uh, technology is helping or hindering music? Well, you know what? What I'm, I'm, what I'm kind of baffled about, what, what, what confuses me is why people... Uh, especially with so many, it's so many talented people, so many gifted people out there. Why are they not taking advantage of uh, the technology? Because it, le- it evens out the playing field. Now, me, my brand, I can, I can actually function as a, as an early Motown. I can function as a Sony Records myself, and because there's no difference anymore. The only difference is uh, uh, their brand has been around longer than my brand has but not my quality of music because I make soul music. So being that I make that kind of music, that music actually is, long, is older than Sony. So when you have CDs, which everybody, is, you know, which obviously is, is being phased out little by little, but when you, have, um, when you have CDs and things like that, there's no difference between Sony putting out a CD and you putting out a CD today. So I would just say the technology is to be embraced and it helps get your message around the world. That's what kind of scared most of the labels initially. Like when Job and the rest of these guys and, they, and the Napster wave came in, everybody got scared like because it was too easy to steal music and, and run around, and then a lot of the messages they didn't have control over. And that's the bottom line is to have control over what's being said. It's not, it's not the fact that the, uh, the people out in Africa is dancing to your music and the people out in Europe is dancing to your music. It's like... Who are they dancing to, though? You know, it's like when Tupac was saying, you know, hit him up, that's fine. But when he starts saying, you know, revolutionary stuff, that's not a, that's not what we want to get across when it comes to a United States um, business. So I say embrace the technology, take advantage of it, learn as much as you can, get your website up uh, for, for, for new artists, make quality music. That's the bottom line. A lot of people think trendy and going pop is, yeah. They get confused with popular what popular music is. A good record becomes popular. That's pop music, rather than oh, I gotta make it sound bland and soulless. Then that's pop. No, that, I say make the best music, whether it's however you make it, get it done. People know quality, and and that's what people always gravitate to. And um, put it out on one of these websites. There's plenty free websites to put to uh, post up music and do your shows and make it happen and get your interviews in with us. Uh, uh, listen, uh, live, uh, give, and live, <laughs> and uh, make it happen for yourself. Well, you know, one of the things I would love to know, too, is, you know, one of the things um, Jay and I were, were talking about before the show and asking you is one of the things he just did. You know, social media has really leveled the playing field, okay? But mm-hmm. at times I do think that social media has caused problems. You know? Right. So I would lo- love to know, 
Do you think the same thing? Well, you know what? With social media, the problem that it causes is it, it causes a, a conversation with a detachment that when you're when you're like 15, it's fun to just talk crap and just, you know, get off of the computer. They don't know who you are anyway. But nowadays, it's a little more personal because your picture's up, where you live is, at, is on. A, <laughs> everything about you is pretty much online and acceptable. So when you curse somebody out or when you do something, some, when you say or do something ridiculous, pretty much they find you, and as we can see from the news report, you know, people get killed. <laughs> so what I say is um, uh, it did level the playing field, like, you know, you're right about that, but at the same time, it's not to be feared about uh, it. You're going to have people do stupid things with or without social media. So with social media, it adds more to your brand. It adds a faster way to communicate with people uh, of a like mind. There's more people that, that you know, when, when you come from a neighborhood where they think, you know, where they think, um, uh, well, not to be funny, that 50 Cent is the only way to go, and your message is, you know, your message is your whatever, whatever these guys, you know, you're a dance rapper, dance artist or whatever. And they cling to people who don't make your kind of music and you're in that neighborhood. When you go online, you can find more people, like how Soldier Boy wind up finding more people online who clung to that style of music and created a new lane. Right now, social media gives you an opportunity to create, create as many lanes as you want and um, actually stay in contact and give a person that, that, that feeling of having a connection because I spoke with you first on Facebook. I spoke with you first on, um, you know, uh, initially uh, like a, a, how MySpace was and, and, and how whatever extra sites with the Twitters and whoever else is coming up. So social media, to me personally, is, a, is another outlet for, um, for so many talented people and so many people with great messages. It's just the thing about... Uh, is just finding ways to, um, to to personally have that uh, to, to personally have your, uh, uh, your your brand represented without compromising your privacy, and that's where it gets a little tricky. Well, thank you. Well, I, I really we thank you for sharing all of that with us. Reef, um, we'd love for you to share with the audience where they can find you at. Would you do that for us, and then we'll. Move on to our next guest, and thank you so much uh, for coming on. We really enjoyed you. Oh, awesome! Thank you for having me again. Uh, you can you can always contact me. Uh, I want to say you have, on your website. <laughs> yeah, you know what? The website royalmusic.com kind of kind of is a highway for wherever you want to go, whether it's Facebook or YouTube or whatever the case is. And royalmusic.com, R A W Y A L music. Uh, dot com and, and just go on there and reach out whether it's um through the YouTube or through the through the Facebook and just realize that if you reach out to me on Facebook or you if you friend me on Facebook I'm not like I have an opinion I'm an artist with an opinion like I spoke about now so um when it comes to my art you can go to my um music page or whatever the case is but don't you know don't get scared when I say yo listen uh, eat healthy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah, thank you for having me though <laughs> And you have a wonderful, wonderful day And we look forward to having you on again in the future I appreciate that Anytime right, Bye bye okay. Now every, everyone We are going to bring on Who our show is supported by 
America's number one team <laughs> machine, Mr. Matthew Forrest. He is also one of the premier speakers and authors of the book, 50 Tools, the book. So without further ado, we're going to bring on Matthew Forrest, guys. And here's Matthew with today's tip on surrender. Go to Matthew. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. How are we doing today? We're doing fine, Matthew. I say good morning. I'm having a good afternoon. <laughs> um, yes, and I uh, just wanted to just report real fast. We just got done doing a presentation at a middle school in the Bronx over at MS22 on uh, decision making, and we uh, they, were, they were able to get a copy of the book, a book, 50 Tools to Success and Personal Power for the high school student, for each of the students in the school, and it went over great. And the kids really got a lot out of it. And um, <clears throat> just wanted to throw that out there. And, um, yes, today's tip, uh, today's tip of the of the week is is on surrender. And it's on surrender and acceptance, uh, two, two big principles that I live by that make everything in my life possible. And uh, the concept and the principle of surrender is pertaining to uh, those areas in life in which I, I, I am not in control and I, and I need, to, um, need to accept situations as they arise, both good and bad, and find, find the good in this. You find, find the good and the positive and the growth in every situation, whether it's a good situation or a, or a, not, or a seemingly bad situation. There's something good that happens in every situation and um, <clears throat> practice principle of surrender and as things happen not get too caught up on what we what, what what we think things are supposed to look like or supposed to be like but instead shift our energy and see what the positive aspect is where we can have growth and um, <clears throat> and really embracing um each situation as they come up and something that has served me in my relationships, my family, friends, in, in, intimate relationships, business relationships. And it's really, and I come to find out that as I surrender, I allow the universe to uh, do for me what I couldn't do for myself. And it's uh, a pretty amazing way to go through life with acceptance and surrender. And just want to pass that on to the world of listen, give. That was my tip for the day. Well, thank you uh, very much, Matthew. And that is Matthew Forrest, America's number one team machine and author of 50 Tools, the book. Matthew, can you tell them where they can find that at? Sure. You can, uh, you can check me out on Facebook at, at the Teen Esteem Machine, Teen Esteem Machine. And at um, 50toolsofthebook.com. Thanks so much, Matthew, and we will see you next week. Maybe, Matthew, you'll share with us next week about that thing we want to talk with you about, you know, that musician side of you, sir? Definitely. Definitely. We will talk. And, yes, and also, uh, Gail, I wanted to have Matt next week talk about the Ohio um, kids out there in Ohio and how we can solve that problem out there in Chardon, Ohio. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that also. Yeah, that would be fun, man. Do you think you'll be willing to join us for that next week? Sure, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Okay, so we look forward 
Again, that's Matthew Farris, and our show is supported by Matthew Farris. So come on out next week because Matthew's going to have some good stuff to tell us. All right, Matthew, thank you again as always. Jay and Gail, thank you. Okay, sir. Have a and Jay, now yeah. we're, you know, I got to get back to this Google privacy thing. I'm sorry, it's really like it's it's driving me nuts. You know that Google <laughs> is just you know this guy is a tech giant. You know what I mean? First we had our issues with Facebook, okay? Now it's like okay, all right, we had our issues with Facebook, right? Now here's the other thing: it integrates your account. If other users have your email or other information that identifies you. We may show them your public, your publicly visible Google profile information, such as your name and photo. I'm not cool with that. I'm really not cool yeah, with that. <laughs> Maybe you should put a photo of Mickey Mouse up there. You know, people should start putting. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of other things. Will I'll be good. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'm seriously thinking about other things, but I, I'll be good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and then, and then it also does something else. When you use our, when you use the Google services to view content, you may mm-hmm. automatically collect and store certain information in their server logs. So they, and, oh, wait a minute. This is the thing that really gets me because I use Google Voice. And they'll be storing such thing as the calling party number, your phone number, the duration of your call, to device event information. You know, I don't know. That is a little bit too personal for me. I don't know about you, Jay, but that's a little bit too much information, you know? Just a little bit too much. It it, it almost sounds like we're starting to live in China somewhere, you know what I'm saying, where everything is, you know, everything is uh, no privacy. It's kind of changed. Like, dude, do you live in America anymore? (laughs) Tell me about it. You know what? Tell me about it. We're free. The whole book is free. You know, it's brave. It's, It's kind of funny to me, you know? Um, one of the other things, too, you know, going back to that LinkedIn thing that we were talking about with Reed Hoffman, you know, is it's a funny thing. You know, he, he talks about, you know, the timing. Of, you know, they're talking here about that Hoffman's talk, the timing of it is not coincidental. He recently published a book called The Startup of You, which explores many of the principles outlined in his TED Talk and details why the network is a competitive advantage in today's career landscape. So that's good to know. And that's Reed Hoffman, and it's called The Startup of You. Now, if any of our audience members would love to know where we get a lot of our information, today's information actually came from Mashable.com. So just check them out. That's where the information is coming from. And we had a blast with you guys. Jay, any last words? I just you know, want to urge everybody to check out uh, Matt Forrest's book, 50 Tools to Success and Personal Power. It's a wonderful book, okay. and those are my last words. Check that out. Okay, and check out also Reef Royale at R-A-W-Y-A-L-M-U-S-I-C.com, royalemusic.com, and, of course, the illustrious Christian, Christian Hurst of the England Development Agency and the Liverpool City in New York that's going to be rocking next week, audience. you got to be there. So thank you, guys. Thank you, Jay. And we will see you guys next week. Rock on, guys.